have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be discussing The Golden Bachelor. So we're going to be doing both episodes, week two, week three, and this one episode, usually from even the first episode anyways, only talk for about half an hour or so, so probably won't be more than an hour, but I do have something at the end of the episode that we'll discuss that makes sense for week three, so we'll discuss it then. I'm sure for those who watch the episode, probably have some of idea as to what I'm talking about. So anyway, nothing else to really discuss on top of the episode, so we're going to jump into the reason that we're here, The Golden Bachelor, season one. Episode two, week two. (laughs) Let's get into it. So, the way that we see them going into the the mansion, even though, like, we've seen them already in the mansion, but anyways, we see them looking at their rooms, and they're just trying to figure out where they're going to be sleeping, because, y'all, there are bunk beds, you have grown-ass women sleeping in bunk beds. Um, hmm. Some said that the... One person said that this was, like, the smallest closet space. Um, and, yeah. It's just ridiculous, because you're like, yeah, I think Sandra was one that was like, I have knee replacement. Like, I had knee replacement surgery. I need to be on the bunk, on the bottom bunk. Plus, I need to be able to be closest to the bathroom. Like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. Anyway. Then, in comes Jesse, once they're situated. And he has a day card. 
and someone who clearly has never seen the show and has no clue how this Descartes situation works because they say like, oh, are you going to read it? He says, no, one of you are going to read it. Okay. <laughs> so Kathy reads the Descartes and it says, you never, you're never too old to find love again. And this state is for Teresa. So Susan slash Chris Jenner, <laughs> I really love her. I don't get me wrong. I really, really love her. And I really have nothing against Chris Jenner either. I like her. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, so she's doing her hair for, and apparently she has been a hairdresser before in her past because Teresa's being kind of very opinionated. I mean, it's her hair. Um, as to what she wants. And Susan says, trust me, I've been doing hair for like 30 plus years. So anyway, and, um, she tells us that she married her husband, Teresa, when she was 18 years old. I believe he was, he got sent to the Vietnam War. Like, I think he was in like the military and they got married at very short notice. And then he went off to Vietnam. Um, Gary is here and he is driving a vintage car. The reason I say this, and I'll get back to it in a minute. And the, um, as I'm going to tell you right now, the headlights as they are driving to their destination while they're driving on the fucking freeway isn't working. And he's like, I can't see in front of my, in front of me. And of course you have like the horns honking. I don't know if it was put in after the fact or what, but yeah. Um, he says that he has never driven in California before, so he's not used to the driving. He's from Indiana, so like he's he's not used to this. And um he says they can't see well, but she's comforting him and he really appreciates that she is being so comforting in this moment and it kind of helps him relax a little bit. So He's finally off the freeway, so it's a little brighter, which actually, let me get to that right now. The freeway didn't have a whole lot of lighting. So, like, I've never been on, like, I've never driven in California. I don't know how the freeways work and the lighting and night tech. I have no clue. But here in Ontario, our highway is fairly lit. Now, I know there are some parts of the highway that's not as lit or the lighting isn't the greatest, but for the most part, our highways are pretty lit. Yes, you still need your headlights, obviously, but I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of light, a whole lot of street lights there. So I'm like, what? If your headlights aren't working, you're just shut out of luck. Anyway. So, yeah, he says he can see it better now. And he says that one of his first jobs was working at a diner serving french fries and milkshakes. 
So that's exactly where they were headed. They are headed to a diner. So she tells him that she really likes him and she didn't expect it. She tells him that, you know, she married her high school sweetheart. Does that sound familiar? And that they were married for 42 years. Um, she had a but what ended up happening because he did pass away. He passed away nine years ago. It's something that she had mentioned in the first episode. And she mentions to Gary here that he had an issue with his kidneys. And in this moment, I was thinking to myself, oh my God, how similar their stories are. Um, <laughs> yeah, how similar. And, um, and she says that one day he seemed to have taken a turn. She went home and she was there with him while he took his last breath. Oof. And, um, he tells her he, um, before I get to that, actually, Gary does really understand her obviously in this moment he's been through this and they connect on that and then he says that he really does like her a lot and then we see them sharing a milkshake together and you know she kind of mentions like would you learn italian and then we could go to italy and he's all about it and then we then hear a familiar song playing on the jukebox and then he says that, you know, kind of like goes into this speech about not giving up on love and never stop believing. Don't stop believing. And again, for those people who didn't watch the episode, that is a song that is playing, Don't Stop Believing, My Journey. And um, yeah, so he and he's like, oh, that song. And then all of a sudden there is a flash mob just going I mean come on come on you don't need an organized flash mob to just start dancing to the song because as soon as you hear the song playing I'm like I get very it's one of my favorite songs and yes maybe I'm basic but it's one of my favorite songs that every time I hear that song it just puts a smile on my face I love it anyway so we have the flash mob going and they go outside the diner and they're just dancing and we do notice that there is a rose on the car and he picks up the rose and he says, would you accept this rose? And she says, yes. So that is our first person who has a rose for this week. So now let's go on to the group date. So now we are at a photo shoot and we see Gary taking photos and they're going to be doing a romance photo shoot. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so, typical. Anyway, so apparently the photographer, Franco, he's a icon of the show. I vaguely remember him being in one season, which it would have either been, I think it was Clayton's season. And that's the only time I remember seeing him. 
was on that season. And I know really and truly, I've been trying to completely forget that season to begin with. So they have to go and pick an outfit. It's, the outfits are themed and we'll go through the themes as we go through the photo shoots. Um, so all the women have to run, pick the one that they want and, um, and they have 10 minutes to do so. So Leslie actually wanted to do the more 70s themed outfit, but unfortunately Natasha beat her to it. And she says, unfortunately now I'm stuck with the more 80s themed outfit. And it was really me. I was more of a 70s girl. Okay. <laughs> so the first one that they're going to be doing is the Island of Desire. And that's more of like the, if you, if you watch the episode, it's very like, not really renaissance is the wrong word to use because I'm kind of picturing what Kathy was wearing, but it was very, you know, I don't even know, like, I don't know, because what he wore wasn't quite piv the same as what I pictured them in, but, yeah, <laughs> kind of ruffly, like, sleeves, and very much like, yeah, kind of the 1800s type style of clothing, and but it didn't quite match what Gary was wearing. Gary actually at this point puts on a wig and I called him Fabio once he put this wig on. So the ladies that are going to be doing this photo sh part of the photo shoot with him is going to be Kathy, April, and Jeannie. So that's who we're doing it with. Next, it's the Summer of Love group and that's the more 70s version and um, this is Natasha, Susan, and some other person who I don't know who that is. But anyways, um, then it's the road to passion. And that's more of the 80s. It's very leather jackets and um, kind, of, kind of what the greasers would wear similarly without the logo on the back of the jackets, but it's basically what it was. And that had Edith, Leslie, and that's it actually. It was just the two of them. And then we're getting ready to do the another the other batch of photo shoots, which the other women are actually wearing wedding dresses. So I think those are going to be more solo photo shoots with Gary. So we see Nancy and she's one of them in the wedding dress and she's crying. And she says that it's kind of hit her that she's wearing this wedding dress because she hasn't worn one. She said, I think in 36 years, which was when she got married, her husband has passed away, so this is very difficult for her. Her husband passed away 12 years ago. He does the photo shoots with everybody. Afterwards, he goes and he talks to Nancy because he kind of says, like, I realize, like, I'm trying to connect with her, but we're not connecting. Like, he doesn't know if it's him. 
He doesn't know if there's something wrong with her and the other women. They try to understand, like, what's going on. He was way off. <laughs> anyway, he goes and talks to her. And he says, like, you know, something's off here. And she tells him, like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with the women. My emotions are coming from the fact that I'm wearing this wedding dress. I haven't worn a wedding dress since I got married. And with her husband's passing, obviously that's very difficult for her. And he relates to this, obviously, and he tells her um, a story about walking by a bakery and smelling cinnamon. And this triggered him because um, Tony, his wife, used to make cinnamon balls at Christmas time. So it really brought him back to that time. And he elicited a very similar emotional reaction that you're experiencing right now. Um, so you have the day rose, makes its appearance, and it's just kind of sitting there. So then he is talking to the women, having his time with them. Um, one person um, couldn't go to Woodstock, even though she was planning to go to Woodstock, because she is having a baby. That seems like a reasonable reason to not go to Woodstock. Um, but uh, yeah, Kathy expects to still be beautiful at 100 years old. Yes. <laughs> then Leslie says that if you want to whisper sweet nothings to me, I'll be able to hear you. And at that point, she shows him a hearing aid. And then he's like, do you only have the one? And she's like, nope. And she shows him another one. So she has two hearing aids. And he does whisper something. But I guess we'll never know. Because she says some things need to be left to the imagination. And then that date group rose is just, as we said previously, just looming. But he does give it to Nancy. So, yeah. So, the next day, it's Gary's birthday. And the cocktail party, I guess, is going to be starting earlier this time than usual. And he walks into the mansion and there's no one there. He's like, where is everybody? And he walks out into the backyard and surprise, they're having a surprise birthday party for Gary. And Susan pulls him away like real quickly. So she's Italian and she loves to cook. She says, can I come to dinner? Like probably one of my favorite cuisines is Italian cuisine. Ooh, can't get enough. And anyway, so April wonders, because the women are grilling hot dogs, and April says, I wonder how he likes his wiener. April, my girl. <laughs> um, Joan's husband recently passed away about two years uh, ago, and she did have that conversation with her husband before his passing about her finding happiness after he dies. And three days after that conversation, he did pass away. 
So, um, then he comes bearing gifts for Ellen. And Ellen says, but it's your birthday. Why are you giving me a gift? And he says, well, it is my birthday, so I can do whatever I want. And he comes with a picture from their photo shoot together, and she was wearing a wedding dress. So, yeah, she's like, out of everybody, everyone's photo shoots, he picked mine and framed it and really did um, appreciate that from him. So now it's getting to the rose ceremony and April is real violent when she says, if he doesn't give me a rose, I will kill him. <laughs> oh, jeez, please don't kill him. He's treasure. Um, but now it's rose ceremony time. So as always, I will list off all the women who he gives a rose to and then I will point out at the end who he doesn't. So, first, we have Leslie, and then Joan, Edith, then Ellen, then Sandra, not Sandra, Sandra, Lucy Sandra, I like that better, so Sandra, Susan, Christina, Faith, April, and Kathy. So that means going home is Jeannie and Natasha, and some other woman that I don't know who she is. But anyway, of course he's crying. It's very emotional. Um, but Jesse says that this is the worst part, and he definitely would understand because he has done this before. So, but that's it for episode two. We're going to take a little break here, and then when we come back, we will jump into episode three. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop, where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner, or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie, or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things. You can do all of this by going to Love Shop, and you can use our unique coupon code, REALITYT2, to get 10% on anything your hearts desire. So that's Love Shop. C-A L-O-V-E-S-H-O-P dot C-A and use our unique coupon code REALITY2 that's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A and the number 2. And we're back. So let's jump into episode 3. Week 3. They don't have titles for this anyways. <laughs> so, Kathy, she's talking about how the women really change when Gary walks into the room. And she 
demonstrates this by, you know, when he's not in the room, they're just kind of there, hand in their head in their hand, just being all gloomy. And as soon as he enters the room, they just perk up because they're happy that he's there. I feel like that's just women. I feel like that's just women. Especially when you're in the beginning stages of a relationship, you really do tend to perk up when the guy you like or the person you're in love with just kind of enters the room. Um, those were the days. <laughs> I perk up sometimes, not all the time, depends. Anyways, <laughs> but I hear what she's saying. And um, so apparently now there has been an alliance. They call it an alliance, even though they call it a group. But I'm going to call it what it is, and it's an alliance. And the group's name is Askin, A-S-K-N, which is for April, Susan, Kathy, and Nancy. Great. And then here comes Jesse, and he says that there is going to be a one-on-one date, as well as a group date. And guess what? All of them are going to be going on a group date. So he tells them that they're going to be performing in a talent show. Joan is hella nervous because in her words, I don't really have any talents. So we're at the talent show and Caitlin is here. Bistro is here. Um, okay, we're gonna skip past that because I don't really care. Anyway, who, um, whoever is the best, who is the winner at the talent show, will get extra time with Gary at the end of the night. So, Sandra is first, and she tells a joke, um, and the joke kind of goes a little something like this. I might not get this fully correct, but some guy dating two women, one, and they both give, he gives both of them like $800, something like that. One woman spends like $600 on shopping and puts 200 in the bank, where the other one does the complete opposite. Um, puts, uh, she spends $200 on it and puts the rest in the bank. And she says, well, who does he pick? Who does he marry? Well, he marries the one with the big boobs, was her joke. And um, Susan does kind of a karate chop thing. Wax on, wax off, right? Um, (laughs) Ellen says her talent is teaching sex ed to middle schoolers. That's kind of really all there was to it. I wasn't really impressed by anything else. But anyways, Faith, she sings obviously because what else is she going to do? April, I'm not really sure she was a hype girl, I think. But again, not too sure what I was watching here. Kathy does some push-ups. My God, this woman is what, 70-some? She's one of the older ones there. She's better than me. Shit. I could do better. <laughs> Nancy catches whipped cream in her mouth. And he's really excited because she got it. Leslie dances again, obviously. And she dances on Gary, like kind of like a sexy 
lap dance type situation. And Kathy's face through the whole thing, she's just like, uh, like, she's in disbelief. And then, um, she, Leslie, says, yeah, sure, I can dance, but I can bake too. And then we go to Joan, who says in the beginning that she doesn't really have a lot of talents, but she does a poem, and it's called, I Hope I Just Don't Vomit on Your Shoes. It's a very sweet poem, kind of with her experience of meeting Gary for the first time, um, coming out the limo, not throwing up on your shoes. It was very sweet. I liked it. Um, I thought she did really good. And he felt the same because he says, I felt like she was just talking to me and that there was nobody else in the room. And Leslie thinks that she is definitely going on this date, but no, no, she's not. And again, I don't understand why she's so confident because what you danced, that's not what Gary's after. Um, and but anyways, Joan is the one who's going to be going on this date. But Leslie's getting very emotional about this. And she says, you know, maybe he just wants someone who doesn't have as much experience being in front of people, you know, and I'm more experienced with being in front of people. I don't know. So, so, so she's, she's fine. Anyway, so now the date. They talk about when it's the right time to start dating after a death of a spouse. And apparently the magic number is a year. Listen, well, let me be very clear. Not going to God forbid, if something were to happen to my partner, there's no way in hell I can move on after a year. There's just no way at all. I don't even know how you... I don't even know. I never... I never want to know. I never want to know. But I just don't understand how a year is a magic number. You know what I mean? But that's what Gary kind of says, like, there is no magic number. It's kind of whenever you're ready. And he's like, he... I think I think he didn't mention that he tried, but I think like it just he just wasn't ready. And then for her, because mind you, the, the difference here is his life's been gone now for I think it's seven years, six seven years. Her husband just passed two years prior, so she's very much in the beginning stages of, of the grief and you know, kind of consolidating the fact of. I'm grieving my husband. It's passing, but I also, when is the right time to move on? So she says, like, within the first year, she tried to move on. It just, it just didn't work for her. But now it's two years in, and she feels like she's in a much better place. And she feels like, you know, everything's just kind of more aligning with, with things. She mentions that you know, it's so much an alignment in time that her daughter recently had a baby two weeks before. So it's just working out. It's just exactly how it's supposed to be. Hold on to that. So she does get the date um, group that the day rose. And um, yeah, so the next day we 
see John crying. And we can see that she is talking to her daughter. And it looks like something has definitely going on and um, with her daughter. And she kind of says that her daughter had a very rough delivery. I believe she had a C-section. But I think by the sounds of things, it was just even over and beyond the C-section aspect of the delivery. So, um, Joan walks into the room with the women and the women are like, oh, worry, we're looking for you. But then can see that she's very emotional and like it's wrong. And she says, I got a text and I gotta go home to be a mom. And then we see Gary is coming because he has his date still as one on one date. And we see him coming and he's just over the moon with, with joy and happiness. After the stay with, with Joan, he says he like woke up and he's in good mood, dancing, and he's so excited. And you're just like, oh my God, no. He's going to get so crushed in this moment. And then pulling up and he sees Joan first and foremost because she's out there waiting for him. And um, she wants to talk to him, obviously. And she tells him about getting this text from her daughter and she says that she has to leave to go home to be a mom it's you know she says once a mom always a mom and he is emotional however he does understand despite his disappointment he understands because he says our moral compasses are very similar in the sense of your parent your parent and there's a certain things that have to come first, and that's your children. He um, says, you know, sometimes the right decision is the hardest decision to make. But he is understandable. He, he's understanding the fact that she has to go. So then she's leaving. And I usually don't write down things that they say in the limos when they leave, but I thought what she said here was actually so wonderfully put that I think unfortunately is so true and something that us as these younger people are going to experience at some point if we are ever in a situation as what these women are dealing with. Um, and I think it's even harder for women, older women, than it is for older men. But she says here, as you get older, it's like you become more invisible and people don't see you. And don't see you, what she means here obviously sees you as a romantic partner or desirable or sexually attractive or things like that. And she's not wrong. She's very right. And I thought it was just beautifully said. So, Michael Costello, I don't know who the hell this guy is, but anyways, he walks in and it's for Ellen. She's going to be the one going on this one-on-one date. So she tries on some dresses and I thought that the first dress she put on was personally my favorite, but she picks the third one, which was like this pink dress. 
so they're on their day now. They're kind of just, you know, soaking in the sun and getting to know each other. And he says that he doesn't remember his wedding. You know, it was 58 years ago. He doesn't remember. But he says, I know we didn't go on a honeymoon because we didn't have money. And he says, like, you know, we would sometimes bring or ask my our, our parents to come over because we knew that they would come with groceries. So, so then, um, her ex-husband, so she is a divorcee and, um, they were married for, I think, 23 or 25 years. Anyway, she said she met him in the Catskills when they were about 18. Um, and yes, yeah, so they were together for 25 years. And, um, then Gary says, you know, there's one thing that would complete the look, which is he gives her a pair of earrings and then we see them heading to a hot air balloon and he gives her the date rose and then it's set off with a kiss in the balloon. And he says, the balloon, the hot air balloon is the only thing that's broken. <laughs> so then, um, then we see Teresa. This is, this is the beginning of the drama with these women. Of course we wouldn't. Not a good drama. But then we see, yes, we see Teresa talking about her date to Kathy so much. Like she won't stop. Like she won't shut up about it. And she's kind of saying, oh, he's so nice. And, you know, he was, you know, so sweet. And we talked about the future. And it's not like she won't stop. Kathy says that she doesn't want to hear any of it. Kind of the equivalent. We have Teresa and Kathy. So think of it this way. Teresa is Lydia. And Kathy is Aaliyah. Okay. So it comes back to his mind. Um, so, yeah, so she doesn't want to hear any of it. Kathy feels that Teresa kind of at one point, and I think this is more of Kathy's insecurity than anything, but I was just like, oh, you know, Teresa's eyes say that she's not going to be getting a rose, like, for, you know, forget it, you're not gonna ha- it's not going to happen. I don't think that's true. I think that's more Kathy. But anyways, Edith also, I think, agrees to some extent that this is kind of an issue of jealousy. Mm. So I think, I think there, it's a little of both for me. I think Kathy has her own securities, which then in turn creates this jealousy. But as we kind of see later on, which we'll get to, I think Teresa knows what she's doing. Even though she wants to act and play the victim, I think she knows what she's doing. So, um, April says, you know, I think if you have an intimate moment with him for, you know, decency for him and yourself, keep your mouth shut. Amen. I 100% agree. So then Teresa thinks that this is about her. Okay, so then I'm going to say this. If you think something is about you, 
then you know you're doing something wrong. You know you're doing something wrong. Why would you automatically think that something is about you if you don't think you've done something wrong? I'm just going to throw that out there. As soon as you said, oh, is it about me? Well, why didn't Leslie think it's about her? Or Susan think it's about her? Or anyone else there think it's about her? Why did you think it's about you? Especially if, like, you didn't have, I mean, maybe the same correspondence with April that you did with Kathy. So why would, you know what I mean? You literally know it's about you. So then Teresa and April go silently talk. And she asks April, like, was that about me? And April says, listen, I think you should talk to Kathy. Um, then Kathy talks to Gary. And while she's talking to Gary, she gets very emotional. And says that it's been a really rough day for her. And kind of explains to Gary what's been going on without really mentioning names. And Gary kind of does ask, like, how do you, like, do you feel comfortable telling me who it is that you're talking about? And she definitely, though, takes the high road and doesn't mention any names. Um, but then he says, you know, so now we right back. And then he comes back with a rose. So currently now we have three people, actually, no, scratch that, two people, um, who have a rose, which is Kathy and Ellen. So um, then Teresa asks to talk to Kathy, and Kathy says to her, like, how she feels, and Teresa immediately gets emotional. She's reacting for Kathy even gets a thought out, and she just immediately, which makes me feel like you're not listening to what Kathy is saying because you're immediately reacting, which means, like, you don't give a shit what Kathy has to say. You're just, you're just reacting. So I did think in that moment that this is all bullshit. I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt because I haven't had an issue with Teresa. I haven't had an issue with how she's acted or anything like that with anybody. I like, I like her enough. She's not my favorite, but I like her enough. And when I saw this, I'm like, oh, you don't even care. You're not even listening to her. You're just reacting. Which basically, you're just trying to make yourself look like a victim. And she does. She does. Successfully make herself look like a victim. But, um, she, after talking to Teresa, Oh, sorry. After talking to Kathy, Teresa goes upstairs and she is kind of talking to Faith and is telling her kind of what was just said to her. And Faith is like, no, I don't think like you're trying to boast or anything. Faith, but has she said anything to you to make you feel uncomfortable? No, probably not. But she's saying it to Kathy. And I don't know why, like why she's going after Kathy. Because I think, like, Kathy doesn't even have the strongest connection. I would have felt like you would go after someone like Faith who got the first impression, Rose, if she's being, you know, underhanded. Or even, like, Leslie, 
someone who he has strong connections with currently. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, then, we see Gary coming upstairs, and he can see Teresa's crying, and he goes and he talks to her, and Faith excuses herself, and Teresa tells him, you know, kind of what's been going on. And obviously, Gary has talked to Kathy, so everything that Teresa's telling him, he's connecting the dots, and he's saying, I'm shocked that it's Teresa. He didn't expect it to be Teresa. And he says, listen, if you think that you're not boasting about the relationship or, you know, trying to be disingenuous by any means or hurt anyone's feelings, then live in your truth. Like, it's okay. But at the same time, he is thinking in the back of his mind, I don't want to deal with the drama. This is not what he's here for. He doesn't want to deal with it at the same time. Now, do I think he'll let Teresa go? No, I didn't think that in the moment because it's, it's what happens. Now, what we're seeing with Teresa is nowhere near in comparison to what we've seen in the past. That's usually what happens. You had... Clayton keeping Shayna for, was Shayna, is that her name? I don't think that was her name. I think I'm confusing her with the chick from Love's Blind. Um, whatever her name was. The, the, the messy one. You had him keep her on for the longest time. I'm sure there was someone that Zach kept on for the longest time too. Guaranteed. You know, even, even though as I've called it, we're seeing Brayden get a great fucking edit. We all can agree, though, that Charity kept Brayden on for the longest time as well. I can't believe that guy's getting a great fucking edit. But anyways, we'll get... I hate that I like him, but we'll get to it. I haven't gotten to that yet. Anyway, so yeah, he's saying that he just doesn't want to be dealing um, with the drama with all of this, so many years from not what he is here for. So now it's the rose ceremony. And again, as always, I'm going to mention all the names of who he uh, is giving a rose to. Again, let's remember Kathy and um, Ellen have roses currently. So we're going to name off the rest of the people and then we will go to the people that he has let go. So, first, Faith, then Sandra, then Leslie, then Nancy, Susan, April, and Teresa. So, going home is Edith, which I'm kind of shocked by a little bit. But then again, in comparison to who he just, to who he has kept, not, I shouldn't be surprised, but still a little bit. And, um, and Christina, don't remember. So <laughs> then, then we see that the drama is not fully over. Because then Teresa says to Kathy that she's sorry for making her feel uncomfortable. And then she asked Kathy, like, did you have any time with him tonight? And, you know, Kathy 
says, yes, it was good. And then she says, yeah, he does the nicest things to me. He came to my room. And Kathy's like, he came to your room? And then she says, you gotta stop. And then she's like, am I fucking crazy? She didn't say fucking, but she's like, am I crazy? Because, like, am I the only one seeing this? She says in this moment, I don't know if she is clueless or dumb as rocks. Maybe a little bit of both. And I don't know if she has just a clueless. I feel like she's suddenly more of like cunning. But yeah, maybe a little bit of both. But anyway, the only thing I'm going to mention that happened the next time on is that we do see some more drama with Kathy and Teresa. So this isn't over. And then we do see that you know, funny scene at the end, and apparently Susan is very gassy from the meatballs that someone made. Probably Susan made them. But anyway, so as mentioned, I'm going to quickly talk about um, some posts that Joan posted to her Instagram after the airing of the show. And um, it reads like this. She says... A huge thank you to everyone expressing their concern for my family. It's a privilege to be a mom to four amazing kids and a grandmother. They call me Jojo to two beautiful grandchildren. But once a mom, always a mom. And sometimes the timing doesn't work out with finding love. She says everyone at home is doing great. And I hope one day I'll get a chance at love again. She also writes, and this is towards the women, in the house, I am so lucky to have been surrounded by such sweet and supportive women. So there is actually something that Gary said that um kind of kind of will give us a little bit of an insight as to what we're gonna see for the last few episodes for him. He says when you're down to the last two people over that amount of time and that much investment. You really have strong feelings for them, even though you know they're not the right person. They're so close to it. You're connected so deeply, and then you realize they have to leave. He says it was an incredibly bad situation. So we'll see. But I do have a couple of the posts that she put on her Instagram. I'll post it to our socials so you can read yourself and, and see kind of what she posted. But that is it for The Golden Bachelor for the past two weeks. This might be something that might be regular um, for us, Bachelor in Paradise. I'm hoping I'll get that out to you soon um, as well. But, you know, trying to keep up with Love is Blind, which at the time of this recording, you will be getting very soon. I'm going to be recording that tomorrow. And you should be getting that not too long after. But that's it for now. That's it for Golden Bachelor for this week. So if you like what you heard, please share Reality Tea Times 2 with everyone in your life. That's going to help with our growth. And we really want to grow this podcast. 
Another way you can grow it is by also rating and reviewing us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The links to those podcast links to the Spotify and Apple Podcasts will be in the show notes. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast apps, but if there's an app that you don't see us on, that you want to see us on, please let me know and I can get that up on that podcast app. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to this podcast on YouTube by going to Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by connecting with us on either Facebook at Reality Tea Times 2 or Instagram and threads at Reality Tea Times 2 Podcast. You can also email us. We would love to hear from you. If you want to guest on the podcast at some point, whether we talk about your favorite show or just get to know each other, you can email us at realitytimes2 at hotmail.com and you can make that request and we can talk and we can figure that out. So you can email us at that email. We have a new website where you can get links to everything. You can get links to our Facebook page, Instagram page, threads, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything your heart's desire, as well as we do now have a Discord. So you can you can follow us and talk to us on the Discord app. You can get all of that information at the website. And the website is www.solo.to forward slash reality t times two. I also have a new podcast with my friend Mikkel called Next Take Podcast. And you can either listen to us at YouTube at the link that's going to be in the show notes. I believe that is Next Take Podcast. And you can also go to our website there. You can have all the links to all of our social medias, email, everything our episodes as well will be at the website, which is www.solo.to forward slash next take podcast. All of the information, everything that I have just said will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye. Have you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. 
They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Eludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Eludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Eludu by using our unique link, which you can find on our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software. Mm-hmm.